from the headlines of UBC's largest campus newspaper, the UBC. Katerina Gurjik and Samantha Jung are in studio this afternoon. Good day, I'm Samantha Jung for Katerina Gurjik, and this is this week's Top Stories. Teams of UBC computer science students cleaned up at the 2009 ACM International Collegiate Programming Contest Regionals last Saturday. Three UBC teams took 1st, 10th, and 15th place at a five-hour programming contest on campus. UBC won the regionals in many years past, but were beaten by Berkeley and Stanford last year. UBC's top team, comprised of students Cedric Lin, Simon Suyati, and Robert Tseng, will now compete in the World Finals in Harbin, China, next February. The federal government is financially supporting UBC's movement to strengthen sustainability research with a $1.5 million investment through Canada's Western Diversification Program. The funding will allow UBC to secure and install innovative and sustainable building systems and technologies for UBC's new Centre for Interactive Research on Sustainability. Last Thursday, UBC's Ancient Forest Committee, a student initiative under the umbrella of the Student Environment Centre, staged a protest outside Premier Gordon Campbell's office on 4th Avenue against policies that allow the logging of old-growth forests in BC. About 15 supporters showed up to the event carrying a large banner and a green cardboard elephant. The group has worked in conjunction with SFU and other colleges and have recently participated in a rally in Victoria that attracted over 500 people. A team of 10 undergraduate students won a gold medal for their invention, the E. coli traffic light, at the International Genetically Engineered Machines Competition. The competition is held annually at MIT, and it was UBC's first time entering the competition. The E. coli traffic light is a tiny biosensor detector that operates in bacterium that changes color relative to levels of sugar that are added to help the cell grow. At the lowest sugar level, the cell turns green, and at the highest, it turns red. While their post-secondary funds have seen dramatic cuts in recent years, research funding at UBC has steadily increased for the last 10 years and is still on the rise, increasing by 17% from 2007 to 2008. Thanks to this increase, 7,313 projects were funded in 2008, moving UBC up from, to third from fourth position for national research funding. UBC administration is upset by Metro Vancouver's proposal that would regulate and restrict the use of academic land on the UBC Vancouver campus. The proposal bites at the heels of the recent passing of Bill 13, which amended the University Act to give post-secondary institutions more governance over their campus. UBC President Stephen Toop expressed his sentiments in a broadcast email to students. In studio today, we have former news editor Justin McElroy of the UBC to talk more about this issue. Hi, Justin. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Um, do you want to give me a little bit of background as to why Metro Vancouver is introducing this proposal? Certainly. Well, I'm, UBC is on the lands of Metro Vancouver, and therefore they're entitled to come up with UBC of what the governing structure around the university is. Now, in 1997, an official community plan was set up between UBC and Metro Vancouver that outlined exactly what UBC was allowed to do, how they were allowed to develop, how zoning decisions would be made, and uh, essentially UBC was given carte blanche to do what they wanted with that. Um, and as UBC has started to finalize its campus plan for the next two decades to come, uh, Metro Vancouver has looked at what they're doing and has basically said, we need a little bit more accountability here and a little bit oversight because what you're doing fundamentally changes how exactly zoning and other development decisions are made on campus. Um, so why is this causing such a stir for UBC in particular? Well, as I said, UBC for, you know, as long as uh, they've been in the business of not just being a small 
provincial university, but an international research-intensive place that has market housing and commercial uh, aspects on campus, has been allowed to do basically whatever they want with very little oversight from Metro Vancouver or the provincial government. And, uh, you know, it's perfectly understandable from their standpoint that uh, Metro Vancouver trying to come in and say, we need to have a little bit more discussion over when you change zoning or when you do development or when you build gigantic condominiums. You know, they're going to, you know, react fairly strongly against that. And that was seen in Stephen Toop's letter to the UBC community. Okay. And um, what is the next step in the process then? Well, we're still fairly early on here. Um, what's going to happen is there's going to be a meeting of the Electoral Area A district, which is where UBC is under, and the Metro Vancouver sort of governing sphere. And as well, there's going to be other meetings that determine whether a bylaw actually comes forward, whether there's going to be consultation between UBC and Metro Vancouver to figure out some sort of compromise. But at this point, uh, you, we can't definitively say what will happen. But what we can say is that uh, this issue of uh, who exactly governs UBC and where is the accountability there has been bubbling for a number of years. And it seems that there may be some actual discussions happening out that will clarify that for the future. Okay. Thank you, Justin. Anytime, Sam. And I'm Samantha Jung for Katerina Gerjik, and we'll see you next week with the UBC's Top Stories.